gentlemen, everyone. It's episode number 32 of the 1056 Podcast Quarantine Edition. Hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, this episode is a little different. If you watched our live show uh, the other day, it's kind of the same format. Uh, Jeff and I are keeping our distance of greater than 1,056 feet. Uh, he is back in his house. I am in my house. So we are doing this over FaceTime right now. Jeff, how are you doing? I miss you so much. I know. I miss me too. But uh, I, look, <laughs> I look in the mirror. Yeah, this, and... it, 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 you never thought, you know, like, at least we have technology to make shit like this happen. Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> if we were doing this all analog like they did in the 70s with radio? Oh, it would suck. It would be horrible. Well, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be done. It wouldn't be done. Yeah, no, basically. You know, you know how we would have to do that? You would have to record, and then I would have to record, like, over the phone. Yeah. And then we, But we both separately record, and then we ship our tape to, a, to like, you or somewhere, and then they splice it together. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so thank uh, goodness for technology for even allowing us to do this, because I'm literally pacing around my downstairs. I'm on my phone on FaceTime with you, and I hope this sounds good to the folks at home. It sound, like I, I can hear it now, and it sounds okay. Um, there might be some echo. You know, it might go back to the early days of the 1056 where it used to be in my basement, and it used to be super echoey, and fucking you couldn't hear anything and people were like oh it sounds great and uh, they would lie right to our face so yeah now it's the time it's not festive so we can air our grievances and we can say it sucked so um yeah, whatever it's better now like we figured it out but jeff health check you're feeling good Yo, I feel great. Uh, uh, no fever, no cough, good, no sniffles. Good. I've been really good about taking my allergy meds because good. the last thing I want is an allergy season creeps up. It's for me to have like bad sneezes and I right. get a bad cough when I have my allergies every yeah. year. And the last thing I want is just like it's solely allergies. But then like people are like, kill him because he has the they think I have. Yeah, allergies. and then I would have had to kill you, you whether you had it or not. Me. Yeah. I, listen, I would totally understand. Yeah. I just don't want it to happen under false pretense. That's fair. That's fair. If I was going to kill you, it'd be for something a little bit better, for allergy's sake. Like a pagan god. Yeah, that's probably that's probably yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, god. I feel good. I good. feel alive. I'm actually, as people know at home, I work in a school which are all closed. So I'm here. My girlfriend and her dog have like temporarily kind of moved in, and she's been staying with me, and she good. works good. with an individual. Um, she's like a caregiver and that space is really safe and super clean so she's just in between this super clean space and that super clean space so we're actually in a nice situation here where we're not like exposed so we're pretty lucky over here but tyler yeah you live with a nurse i do every day i live in fear she she gave she gave some uh, great advice for those at home yeah. So for those who missed that, you know, she gave some great advice. You know, that I remember her saying, just want to throw, I want to repeat it, that this stuff is not just for old people. Right. That some people think that this is uh, this affects everybody. That's a common misconception. But you, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm good. So whenever Mar gets home from work, um, I'm wearing like a N95 mask that I've had for like years, and I have like a face shield on. I have gloves on. She um, immediately hops in the shower. Like she'll throw everything she's wearing into a garbage bag and throws it downstairs. So like we try to minimize any exposure. Um, that's been going on wow. for about three weeks now. I feel fine. 
um, I did do the pal. So I'll I'll keep going. So yesterday I've been trying to keep in you know healthy, fit shape. I've been doing the Peloton a lot more, and um, I did the Peloton yesterday. I told myself, hey, I'm gonna try and go for a personal record after not eating a lot because I was really busy yesterday. And I got off the bike and I felt fine, and then I had a huge headache, and then I felt super, super nauseous, and I was like, this is the start of the coronavirus. And then I was sweating, and I was like, I'm going to get sick. Turns out uh, I just didn't eat enough, and my sodium levels are really off. I think my blood sugar was really low, and my girlfriend – you're good now. Yeah, I'm good now. My girlfriend said I was um, a man-child, um, but I- – <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, I can looking back now that I'm alive and well, yeah, no, I get it. I was a little scared, but uh, moral of the story is don't work out too much, but also don't work out at all. I was the extreme of working out too much and pushing your body to the extreme. Not fucking eating. I burned six hundred in like thirty calories in a half hour, and I'm pretty sure I ate six hundred calories that day. So I netted out. I gave thirty calories back. So I'm actually on my second beer. I had a beer with my coworkers virtually. Uh, and then I cracked open a Yingling, you know, just because Yingling. And uh, yeah, so now today has been a cheat day of just, you know, eating cookies that I made and eating, you know, oatmeal and just getting that sustenance back into my body um, to uh, to not feel like that again. But other than that, uh, I feel great. So moral of the story is don't work out. Um, working out is bad for you. Drink beer. Beer is good for you. Beer is very good for you. It's been proven by me. Uh, But yeah, overall, it's been a crazy time. If you had told me, let's say, uh, before I did my sober month, like in 2019, that in March I would be having to do a virtual episode with you, I would call you a crazy person. Uh, And here we are. There's no precedent for this, you know? And and actually, this kind of gives us a nice transition, dude. Yeah. Because, Because there's no precedent for this in our society. You know, we're kind of struggling and slowly trying to figure out how to collectively deal with this. There have been some casualties out there. There have. That's you know that's the wrong word because there actually have been some casualties. Right. Say there has been some. uh, Some businesses have not made it, man. And and we found out today that Hanging Hills will be shutting their doors. Yeah. So as of today, um, Hanging Hills put out a uh, a pretty long statement on their Instagram. You gonna read it? uh, I am gonna read it. so let me uh, let me pull it up here. Um, but yeah, like in short, um, Hanging Hill said that they would be closing their tap room permanently uh, due to the effects of the um, financial stipulations from the coronavirus. So um, they said a message for our loyal customers. Uh, goodbye for now. For the past three and a half years, we've been greeting your kind and warm faces on a weekly basis. So this note is not an easy one to post. As of Thursday, March 12th, we close our tasting room to the public as a reaction to the impending threat of COVID-19. Also, seeing the bulk of our distribution pipeline shut down, we realized with the perfect storm, we could not afford to stay operational given our cost structure. While we would have preferred to go out with the banging party, the virus ended ended the virus ended that hope and we opted for the measured response hanging hillsbury will cease to exist at our beloved ledyard street location but we are working to keep the deeply saddened well sorry <laughs> but we are we working to keep the brand alive through our other breweries or creative solutions we are deeply saddened and we miss you all dearly we cannot thank you enough for the support, fun, and inspiration that you provided us as we navigated this dynamic craft beer marketplace. Please don't hesitate to reach out 
should the spirit move you um obviously if you have followed this show uh since the beginning for the handful of you that have uh we reviewed one of uh hanging hills beers that did have a camel on the label and uh jeff was very notorious for saying what the hell's with the camel they responded back saying how dare you um so we did start but, we but did start a beef with them also gets lost in that though is that we actually did enjoy their beer yo no we did like we sat there like i don't i'm not a big fan of this label at all but like this beer is really really good yeah yeah we, we, we enjoyed it I, I, I regretfully have to say, like, I can't remember the last time I had Hanging Hills. And that, I don't think that's any reflection on them. I think that's just a reflection on how many breweries that we we try to hit up. And right. it's hard to, like, keep up with every brewery. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, it doesn't matter what your opinions are. Like, I, it, whether they are, like, the biggest brewery out there or, like, a local um, small tap room. Right. Or don't they don't even have a tapper. Maybe they just sell cans. It doesn't matter what brewery it is. It's kind of sad. Like people put their like they, they enter this industry knowing that they're you know, it's really hard to make it past outside the state. Something like Two Roads has done. It's really difficult. Oh yeah. So they they come into this knowing that this isn't an easy way for a mass success, but they do it out of passion. And we know that there's plenty of passion because we've met all those people. Right, yeah. And for like for something like this, something totally unforeseen, unprecedented, like that you don't we don't see this coming. And they didn't see this coming. And mm-hmm. that they, they did the right thing by closing their doors and doing what every other brewery has been doing recently and um but not every brewery can sustain like that. And there I hope I really hope that there are no more you know, shutdowns and closings like this. However, I have a feeling like there might be more. Yeah. Um, and I just, and this might be the first of a few, and I really hope there's none. But, man, you know, shout out to those guys. Listen, I'm going to say it right now. If any of those guys want to do an, er- an interview, like a little video interview. Oh, yeah. We could totally set that up and just kind of talk to them if they want a platform to um, talk about uh, their experience with Hanging Hills, if they want to talk about um, the situation going on right now. Uh, I'm going to... Listen, I'm going to say it. This, they use this as a platform. There you go. Open invitation. Hanging Hills, come on the show if you Please want. Please do. Please do. Uh, yeah, you know... Because it, the part... Uh, real quick, I'm going to say yeah, the yeah. Real part of that, that little statement that I liked a lot was the... Um, that they're going to try to keep the brand alive and kind of work their beer and their brand through other breweries outlets, if possible. They're going to entertain those ideas, and um, I really I'm excited to see how they do that. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, you know, um, you know, all the uh, the joking um, Instagram beef aside, uh, y- you know, to see the first. Uh, hopefully the only uh, brewery falls so quickly after all this has happened. It's a little bit scary. Um, you know, it's something where, uh, you know, a lot of breweries have had their own success with having this takeout system or this, you know, drive through system. Uh, I was at two roads on Friday doing, I tried out the, uh, the uh, pickup system, minimal contact. It was awesome. And a really good system, uh, in order to minimize contact and whatnot. Um, but, you know, that being said, uh, this is a little bit, uh, if you will, a sobering kind of moment uh, within the state, you know, as far as uh, how financially 
COVID has affected them. So uh, we really do feel for them, and we hope that um, this is the only instance, and we hope some way, somehow, that they can, Hanging Hills can get back up and running because, you know, we still technically owe you guys a full episode um, to review your brewery and everything like that. So uh, I saw that today. I was really shocked, um, but I, I hope and I think that this won't be the last that we see of Hanging Hills in the future. Um, hopefully with everything going on with the COVID-19 itself, it'll uh, be done sooner rather than later. And uh, we can kind of all resume normal activity. And with that, we'll become uh, the opening of places like Hanging Hills. So, uh, you know, a, a more serious note on this podcast. Usually we try to keep it lighthearted, but uh, it's a weird time. It, it's a weird world. I'm FaceTiming you right now, Jeff. And uh, yeah. uh, to say that it's uh, normal is uh, is really far from this right now. So. <laughs> It's, it's an interesting time for what we've always said was a relatively new booming industry in yeah. the state. Um, and, you know, you see, um, every, you know, everyone's kind of thinking about the big, big companies out there that have to make adjustments for, to, to adjust to this, you know, uh, the economy shifting. Right. Because everyone's trying to stay in, or most people are trying to stay in. But, you know, for us on this podcast, we focus in on one industry right. and it's we're going to we're going to keep you updated on what we, we can find as news out there as, as um, seeing how it's affecting everybody. But, you know, every day I see on my feed um, the Birix yeah. and uh, Hoaxbury and Armada specifically, I see the most posted um, They're their tiki takeout is that what they call it yeah they're like their tiki bar yeah it's funny they set up they set up like this like um stand this like stand made out of bamboo sticks and that's their drive up takeout beer situation and they're there man i kind of want to make sure i give the times because i want to give them a quick shout out yeah Um, (laughs) and if if you didn't listen but it seems like every day um real quick i'll just get you the while Jeff's doing that, uh, if you haven't listened to our replay of the 2019 Beer Awards, uh, the Beerix, uh was actually a, a multi-time winner, not on purpose or anything like that. No, it just um, kind of happened. It just kind of happened, and uh, we've been really big fans. From, Go for it. Quick, they're open from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. on most days. You can follow Armada and Oaks and the Beerix on Instagram, and they'll tell you, and you can follow their story. They'll tell you when they're open, on what days, and how long they're going to be doing it. But... Uh, if you're in East Haven, go support them. If you're near any of your local breweries that you're like, hey, I like them, but they're relatively close and you have nothing to do, a lot of these breweries' pickup system is totally safe. Yeah. I did two roads, and uh, it was very quick and painless, and I did have to go inside but didn't touch any doors, nothing else. I just grabbed my bag. The guy checked my ID. That was it. Grabbed my bag, and I was on How my way. payment done? Can you describe that? Uh, it's all done beforehand. So a lot of places have like a square website set up that do e-commerce. So um, oh, with, with two roads, you just like choose what you wanted. So it was two roads in area two combined. So I grabbed a four pack of the Passion Fruit Goza, a um, bottle of the Brett Noir, and a two pack of the, I think one of the Cherry Synopsis from area two. All really good beers. Love them. And um so I did that. So I paid beforehand, so there's no cash transaction. So I just went up, told him my name, showed him my ID, grabbed the bag, and I was out in like a minute. 
So a lot of places are doing that. Some places, including our interview for today, Half Full, are doing where you don't even have to get out of your car. Uh, you just like show them your order number and your ID, and they like get it for you. Um, and I did tell them they are doing logs of some of their beers, not to like give them free advertising, but you know it's for our episode. Um, Beacon Ascend yeah, Bright, <laughs> yeah, uh, they have logs. So I actually have a kegerator in the corner of my guest room that hasn't been open yet because my downstairs is you know all screwed up right now. Uh, so once my downstairs is set up, I'm getting my kegerator set up and I'm getting a log of something from Half Full, no doubt. Um, you can't beat their prices, honestly, when it comes to that. Beats Total Wine way out of the water. So whether it's Half Full, whether it's Two Roads, whether it's the Beer X, whether it's any one of those places in between, whether it's outside of the beer industry, uh, if you can support them, support them. Um, if you can't, obviously you can't. But and I got, I got, I got it. Then since, since you brought up outside the beer industry, let's let's bring this up real quick, and then we can move on to our next topic. Yeah. But um, you know, the, the takeout is is not a bad option. I know people are trying to save money since a lot of people are not working if they're not working from home. Um, but if you can spare a moment to go to your your local restaurant and get takeout, um, especially those who serve Asian food there like this is this is fact like this virus does not spread through food <laughs> as long as they're like obviously uh, uh sticking to the same health standards as you would on a normal day yeah um and they will do the same takeout system usually as the as what we just described so like i know because I, I know that there's like this this in the back of a lot of people's minds, whether they like to admit it or not, that because this virus really originated from China, that there's like this, this I don't stigma. Know. Yeah, and and let's take a step back. And if like if you are craving some sushi or some lo mein or oh, I am some rice or just anything that you would normally get from an Asian fusion or Asian based restaurant of any kind, don't be afraid to go get it. Um, or have it delivered to you. It's it that should be all safe. And I, I mean, and we we've stocked up on food here, so we haven't been doing takeout. But we've been talking about maybe doing that soon. Oh yeah, I did Costco online for the first time. It hasn't come yet, but um, hopefully it's gonna be cool. But yeah, dude, we did Chipotle through Uber Eats. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying it all out. It's crazy right now. But like the fact they had to say that, obviously there's like a stigma, and I hope no one else stigma, believes that's it. The word, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's pretty wild. It's it's wild. 2020 is a fucking wild-ass year right now. Dude, in, in the matter of <laughs> three months, three months, there was a threat of World War Three. Right. A whole continent and country was on fucking fire. Yep. And there's a widespread pandemic. Yeah, dude. It's it's weird. Uh, so, you but know. there was a time before that, Tyler. There was a time 2019. before our country went <laughs> oh, down where we were allowed to be face-to-face with others. There was a time when we were able to travel together and meet at a brewery, and that brewery being half full. Which feels like ancient time ago. Um, I know the fact that we we and we'll talk about it, but we sat in a uh, in a small bench, like two feet or three <laughs> feet away from each other, cramped together. It sounds like absolute craziness now, but that was yeah. before all this craziness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a perfect transition. Um, we still got it. Our professional touch of transitions. Oh, uh, dude, it's like riding a bike. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you've seen the title of today's episode, uh, we are, this is our, this is a big one. This is our very first legitimate brewery that we went out and interviewed, um, in half full. We've talked about them recently 
if you go on our Instagram page, you see there is a story highlight talking about Beacon because they were kind enough to send us a couple cans prior to it being distributed. Um, Beacon, I still to this day am a huge fan of. Not the fact that they sent it to us, but I've had it. I've paid for it. I've actually gone on and paid for it, and I'm still satisfied with that product. Um, half full, regardless of whatever's happening with the coronavirus in 2020, um, are still putting out a lot of great stuff. They have a new beer coming out um, called Japan. They're doing a Stanford series that highlights uh, a different part of the Stanford area in which they're from. So um, depending on when, uh, this should be coming out on the 27th. Um, so they, I believe they just released Japan or are going to. So they're one of the places that we just mentioned that you can go online, uh, search for Half Full Brewery, check out their e-commerce website, go pick up some beers from them. So we were lucky enough to meet with Zach and Joe. Uh, Zach being a little bit more of a newcomer to Half Full, uh, he just celebrated three years as of the time we recorded. Uh, Joe had been there for about six years, so it's good contrast to see someone who's a little bit newer and someone who's been there since the very beginning um, of how how full has evolved and, and how the Connecticut beer industry has evolved around them. So um, we are very thankful a, for how full. Fun, what a fun time that was too. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, we, we can say this part now. You're going to be listening to it, and at, if there is a humming or a slight echo, I don't, I'm not really sure. I haven't heard the the audio yet it's like a hum but um if there is any of that that's because we were in where they brew the beer right yeah so there's a lot of their tanks like we were feet away yeah. from like a lot of their tanks so um if you guys saw our instagram story when i did the mario kart tournament it was in the exact same spot so there yeah, was so it was really cool to do it and i thought we were going to go in their office or something no it was awesome it was really cool and so yeah there is gonna be a little bit of background noise but it still sounds good um but yeah, like half full the past like four or five months, they invited us to their um, their you know holiday pop up that they did um, yep. in Mill River Park, which is really cool. And uh, we went over just some improvements for 2020, like what they what they want to do. Obviously, they have third place opening soon. Whenever you know this this whole pandemic kind of goes away. Um, as far as a couple of the beer releases that they're doing, but it was really good to kind of pick their brain as one of the breweries that's been around one of the longest in the state, I believe since, you know, 2012, 2013, that around that area. It doesn't area. seem long, but relative to everybody else, that is pretty, yeah, it's pretty long. Uh, so it, it, what a good time that was, but yeah, yeah. let's, um, Let's give the people what they want. Ty. So, yeah, we will. I think we've been talking long enough. Uh, I think it's time to present uh, the listeners here our interview with uh, Zach Height and Joe Lombardi of Half Full Brewery. Check it out. And Peter Patter, let's get at her. Peter Patter, let's get at her. And a famous man, raise hell and praise Dale. Let's get it. Welcome, everybody, to the 1056 Podcast. We are here. We are in the thick of it yes. at Half Full Brewery with Zach and Joe. Um, and this is all very, very exciting. Zach very, and Full exciting. of Half Full. This right. is our first of like, half brewery. Of Half Full, yes. Yeah, Half Full. So we are eternally grateful to have you guys on. Yes. We are very excited. Um, so thank you guys for coming on. Awesome to be here. Yeah, no, we're psyched. We've been talking about it for a while. It's good to <laughs> good to get a schedule and, and have some beers. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Well said, uh, well said. 
So, Zach, I will start with you. Tell us sure. a little bit about yourselves um, and how you guys kind of mesh into Half Full. Yeah, for sure. So, actually, yesterday was my three-year anniversary uh, here at Half Full. So, um, I started off part-time uh, as a bartender. I used to work in a couple of different tech startups in New York and just fell in love with it. And I started managing our tasting room part-time and then took the jump into craft beer full-time uh, about three years ago. And so uh, now I'm the general manager, so kind of oversee all of our operations here physically at the brewery, um, but have a great team of, of people who work with us and support us, you know, namely one of those being Joe. Nice. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joe, tell us a little bit about what you do doing. Uh, yeah, so I actually am the second longest-running employee after the owner, so I've been here almost six years. Wow. Um, five of those years was spent part-time as a bartender. Wow. Um, I have a full, I had a full-time career in, uh, in the media, but when I moved to Stanford, I was like looking for a local brewery because I got, I was living in Nashville and I got like bit by the brewery bug in Nashville. <laughs> There's so many yeah. down there and I'm like, oh man, I'm moving to Stanford, Connecticut. Are there any breweries there? And I like did a search and there was one time it was half full yeah there you go I said, nah, i'll give this thing a try whatever you know <laughs> so i get over here and so back in the day there was a uh they had this particular license on how they could distribute their beer to customers mm -hmm. so they didn't have the actual like liquor license to pour individual beers to sell by the pint right. they had like a retail license where you could buy a glass of a, a pint glass and then you would get samples of their beer who knew that samples of pints could be so great, you know, when you're paying $10 for a pint glass and all you can sample? And I said, this is the greatest thing. And I just, I fell in love with not just that, but the whole concept of this place and mm -hmm. like the story and the owner and how it started and very grassroots and very organic, um, but this really love of beer, which I had as well. And then just meeting the, the bartenders who worked here and like the camaraderie they had with the the guests that would come in, mainly me, and I was like, this is so cool. So at those in those days, um, we would give tours, and there was only one bartender on. So they had to bartend and give a tour, and that, they didn't quite figure out how that was always going to work. So because I had some bartending skill, I could jump back and help them pour beer. Because I wasn't ringing up individual beers, all I had to do was fill a glass. Right. They can go give tours. So I kind of like would help out, mm -hmm. you know, as a guest. Yeah. And the owner came out one time and said, hey, you're here a lot, which we love. <laughs> Would you like a job here? I said, no, I'm good. You know, I've got a job. I don't, I don't need anything. You know, I'm like, I'm okay. I said, I just like coming here drinking your beer and stuff. He's like, but yeah, but you kind of do the job already. You talk to customers. You know our story. You pour our beer. You could probably give a tour. We'd like to pay you to do that. <laughs> I said, oh. I said, do I still get to drink the beer, though? They're like, yeah, we let you drink. That's the important we'll question. We'll pay you. Right. Yeah. And you can get discounts and take beer home. I said, get out. I said, sign me up. No yeah. deal. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. You never say no on the right. first, uh, right. on the first uh, yeah. deal. Let me think about it. Said, What's your next offer? Yeah. I was like, well, I was waiting for that proverbial shoe to drop. I'm like, oh, what is not adding up here for right. me? And, oh, and they said, oh, and by the way, you get to make your own schedule, basically, because there's 15 of us that work here. Yeah. It's a month calendar. You fill in when you're available. You can work as much or as little as you want. And be done. I'm like, going, God, this isn't real. It's a dream. That's I'm, a I'm said, job. I will sign now. So <laughs> five years of that bartending. Yep. And, um, you know, as I said, I really loved this whole story here. And as I got working here more and working around Zach and like our salespeople and our bartenders and Connor and all of that, I was wondering, how could I turn this into a full-time job Yeah. and, you know, have a life-changing career change, you know, midstream. And 
you know, I thought about what do I, what can I bring to the table? I don't make beer, I drink it. You know, I'm yeah. not, I don't want to run the world. I want to run the things that I love the most, and that's the interaction with people. The thing that I love the most about bartending was the, the people that would come in right. and drink our beer, whether it was for the first time or the 5,000th time. You know, it was always a new experience. And the way they reacted every time they came in to our space and every time they ordered a beer and tasted it, I was like, I like that. I like that community and that craft beer culture. Mm -hmm. And the type of brewery that I found half full to be is very like gateway. Right. So it's not like for the super snob, although you're welcome here. And it's not for, you know, it's, it's for everybody. Right. And that's what I liked about it is that you could explore your palate at your convenience, at your pace, at your leisure, and not feel pressured to know everything about every ounce of beer you were about to drink. That's so interesting right? because I, we, that was, I mean, you know, the, inter, the episode will be out by the time this comes out, so it'll make yes. sense. But Brewers Guild, we did talk about, like, what are the misconceptions of this community in the craft beer world? And that is, I, I narrowed it down to one word, and that's pretentious. Yeah. That's a misconception yeah. that, that is here. Like, it is just a bunch of giant white dudes with beards who just be like, yeah. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> just saying, though. Just, uh, you just isolated our guests. I right? know. <laughs> but, like, I'm sorry, you drink what, and you don't drink right. that? What's wrong with That's yeah. not the idea here. And that's no. so cool that you guys seem to embody the opposite of that, of, like, just come here, try these beers, talk, hang out. And just like you would at at a, at say like a dive bar, but right. here is is a different type of community that um, is much more supportive. Exactly, because that's yeah. the goal of it. Yeah, I mean, we were at uh, an event at Hanging Hills a couple months ago. Oh, nice. And um, you know, jokingly, the the guys at Hanging Hills had a cooler of Miller Lite for the brewers <laughs> because we're like, you know, we what? love we Miller don't, Lite. We don't want to drink nine and a half percent beers all day every day. Yeah. So it's 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 a misconception that like light beer isn't for for craft beer people or, or big beer. I think it's just being able to appreciate what's made and, and you know what's in front of you is yes. is the first thing rather than all these barriers and obstacles and how to purchase, right. how much can I buy, how much of those cases, it's just more the experience and, and the actual liquid itself. And we were just yeah. talking today how something we haven't done in a long time is like shotgun Bud Lights. <laughs> that is true. We need to get Bud Lights in here. We so do. I haven't shotgunned a Bud Light in Dude, a very I'll, long time I'll, I'll enjoy a course is Miller Lite and Coors Light are my the two that I would gravitate yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's a time and a place for Bud Light, <laughs> yes. of course, like, yes. sure. um, like, I won't come, I wouldn't go to a craft brewery and expect to drink that. No, no. But no, at a, you know, a craft, or a dive bar, or a family picnic, 100%, that's oh, what's yeah. We, we would cool. throw a 4th of July party, and we would, um, we would always have something like that, where we could just have 10 of them. Right. That may be exaggeration, but you know what I mean, just. 15, you're right. Sorry, you're right. You're <laughs> downplaying it. <laughs> uh, and, and because that, it's because it's an all day yeah. thing. You know? Right. And yeah, it's hard yeah. to do that. With a, tri with a triple IPA right, or something. 8% doing an IPA with lactose and, right. and all that. Yeah. Exactly. I so. did a four-pack of that, and I felt uh, horrible for about a week. <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but there's a place for that, and then there's those people that enjoy that should always feel welcome to come Correct. to breweries yeah. like Half Full because and, you and, open up. And, and we get that a lot. You know, we do a lot of, like, private events here. So corporations mm. from New York and, and Stanford come here, and they do team happy hours. And they say, they come in and they say, I'll, I'll, have, a, I'll have a Bud Light. And, you know, it's... it's it's funny, but also it's a good education moment. Right. You say, all right, let's talk about that. Like, why do you like that beer? Is right. it light? Is it low ABV? Is it the calories? Is it the Pilsner flavor? Because like, it's a lager. And we can kind of educate and introduce someone to similar beers mm -hmm. without saying, oh, my goodness, how dare you come in here? <laughs> and you want a Heineken. Turn them around. Right. right. And yeah. so we, we do get a lot of that because I think Faithful County is, you know, a wine and spirits area, right. you know, more heavily than some parts of the state. Mm -hmm. And it's still, it's fun for us because we get a lot of brand new people to, to craft beer where, yeah. New Haven and Hartford County might not get those as much. 
Yeah. I, I, uh, especially since where you are, it being in Stamford, yep. um, we went to uh, Beer Garden. Help. Oh yeah, which, yes. Which, which one? The event. In, uh, in oh yes, oh, yeah. 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 I, I always, I, I, we go to a bunch of events, and sometimes I get really nervous to say an event name out loud because I'm going to say the wrong name. You're like, <laughs> we, what are you talking we, about? We that changed their event names a couple times. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's why he was unsure yeah. because you changed it. Okay, yeah. so it was okay. good. Right. So when we were there, we noticed a lot of businessmen. Yep. And I think that's great because that's the year you're in. You're in right. Stamford. You're near Norwalk, and those are kind of like that's that's a business environment. We notice a lot of businessmen just standing around having their beers and um, having a really good time at that event. We had yeah. a really great time. It was event. awesome. And so those are called experiences, right? Yes. So then, and it's the same. And that's so your to bring the yep. Right. So to bring the long story short yeah. to what I do now is that for every experience that our customers had mm. in the tasting room with me, I said, there's a, there's a, there's a job there. Right. right. There's a, something in there that we can create this, uh, you know, exterior event kind of category of our, of our world. And make them experiences. Yeah. You know, so uh, six months ago, I became the experiences manager, nice. and so anything that happens outside of the brewery, uh, that's me. So, are you the mastermind behind this Mario Kart tournament that Tyler no. attended? So, <laughs> can you tell us? Can you tell us the origin of something like so, that? Because I love that idea, and I wish I could have been there. There are enough masterminds in our organization <laughs> that not one person has to think of everything. Sure. You know, so it's like, and then, and that's the other part of the of the the operation too is that. If that one person thinks of it, doesn't mean that one person has to carry it out right. and execute it. Everybody can get behind it and rally it. So that was Zach's brainchild. Yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah. Okay. We, so how'd that come to be? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've, we've kind of hit our stride. I think a lot of it is, is Joe coming on where, you know, breweries now, 10 years ago, being a craft brewery was niche enough to be like, this is what sets us apart. <laughs> and when we, you know, when we opened, we were the seventh yeah. in the state. And like, yeah, that set us apart. Just, just existing was kind of your appeal. And right. there's over 100 now. And so you're seeing, I think, a lot of different breweries pivot into different products, um, experiences, business lines, whether it's beer or non-beer products, can releases out the door, things like that. And what we've really found is, you know, the you know, any kind of intimate customer experience, the one-on-one beyond just buying our beer on a on a liquor store shelf. And so we just kind of started doing these fun events that, you know, don't take a bunch of work, but it's things that just people kind of feel like home, right? Yeah. yeah. Like. N64, we, we installed here a month and a half, two months ago. Just walked by. It's it, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's nostalgic, right? Not talking like, That is, whoa, like, I don't have that at home, but it reminds me of, like, this kind of comfortable home feeling. We yeah. did a My trivia. mom sold that away when I went to college. I, <laughs> I'm so upset I don't have mine. My siblings actually brought oh. some of their own games down That's awesome. uh, a couple weeks ago. And one of our brewers, Dan, uh, brought about 15 games from his parents' house nice. uh, last week. And so we've kind of latched on to this idea that, like, Things can be approachable and easy and fun and don't have to be this massive, elaborate event where you spend 50 bucks to get in and-, and Food trucks and Food tents. trucks and taps and 35 breweries. And those events are great. But right, also it's, just, it's nice to just have like an easy like, oh, Saturday night, I'm gonna go to Half Full and spend 15 bucks and play video games for four hours. <laughs> It was and honestly a lot which, of fun. It was, wild. It was so I, I, much There's fun. been no event I don't think that has taken off like that where we had like crowds of people cheering oh, yeah. for a Mario Kart race. I was um, in he that. was sending me Snapchats. I was in this I made it to the semis and in that race I have probably felt the most nervous than I have in a very long yeah, time. It's, it was nerve- very nervous. I played in the, in the Smash Brothers tournament. Um, oh, how'd that go? Really tough. Tell me, oh, please, bet. please tell me you're going to do it again. Oh yeah. Okay. No, we'll be there. Uh, yeah, we, we'll be so there. Everyone, everyone is there leaving. They're like, can we do it every month? And that then every, every month might be might be tough. I think quarterly. Yeah, yeah um, that's a good so idea. So we got Golden Eye, I think, targeted oh. for the next one. Ooh. Which you say that. Easy said. If you play it now, 
it's hard. It's real hard. Yeah, it's I so have hard. played it within the last year. Yeah, it's humbling. Yes. That was, uh, that was like with I Mario Kart. Mario Kart, I, you're like... The week before, like, I bought the ticket, and I was like, okay, every day after work, got to do an hour. Right. And I was like, this should be easy. I should pick it up. And I was like, nope. I was like, this I, is hard. I mean, we play here, and so I, I entered... Uh, one of our brewers played, and we just got wrecked. There are people who are really good, much better than us, and so we joke we should do like a professional and an amateur tournament next time. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But it was great. We had you know people who have never been here before, new customers, and they just stayed and hung out. Yeah. And, and, and like that's what you remember, right? It's not the beer, right? You got the world's best beer at an event like that, and you walk in, like, oh, the beer was great. But what you remember is like, oh my gosh, everyone cheered and was standing on tables. Yeah. Watching these two strangers play yeah. Mario Kart. It was so wild. Yeah, it was, it, was, like, <laughs> it was it was great. And so those kind of events are what we've really kind of identified as our you know our target. Right. And so small things like that at the brewery to what Joe heads up outside the brewery at these you know three four thousand person events in downtown Stanford. But that same kind of feel translates pretty they're, well. They're, I would argue just as important. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. Anything that becomes memorable, right? You. Right. I mean, it's three months now since the Winter Beer Garden was open, and yeah, you're I like the Beer up. Garden. It's like. Yeah. People like last night when I was at uh, Taste of Stanford. Yeah. Um, I said last night. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I slept last night. Well, yeah, but when this airs, it wasn't last night. Oh. Last night um, when, we, when we recorded. Uh, there you go. When I, when I was at the, uh, <laughs> February 26th. <laughs> when I was at the Taste of Stanford, um, people were like, oh my God, you guys were the Winter Beer Garden. We had such a yeah. great time. Why didn't you keep that open all winter? It's like going. <laughs> Have you, were you there? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. winter. Yeah. First yeah. word in the sentence is winter. You can have a winter beer garden in the summertime. Right. Why not? Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's like it was a tent in a park with a beer truck, but people like just gravitated to it because it was unique. It was different, yeah. you know, and it was after work. It was after yep. work. It was convenient. Or if you were bringing your family down, it was kid friendly. You could yeah. have kids skating and then come yeah. in at the park. Which you know. they were doing. Yeah. And it was like it was like the greatest four weeks that yeah. you, Stanford had ever seen because yeah. it was not the run of the mill, you know, yeah. and it was all centered around our beer, which our beer is centered around family, friends, you know, and, and no pretentious. Like yeah. It's all yeah. community, right? And, like, it was very eclectic, too. Like, Jeff and I sat down, and it was, like, these nice, like, couches. Yeah. And, like, it was, like, the, I shouldn't be this comfortable, like, in the middle of a park. Right. It's very yeah. weird. Yeah. In a good way. I was, I like, I mean, we Whoa. had, we've, it's, <laughs> it, events like that don't happen without, like, our partners. So, you know, like, oh, yeah. all that furniture, besides the tables, like, we're sitting at, um, was donated on loan. Wow. From, like, United House Wreckers, uh, Junk Luggers. So they're actually based right behind us here as well. Um, Who isn't behind you right now? <laughs> How many people are over? Everyone's over here. <laughs> this, is, this, is the, this is the place to be. Um, no, we're in a cool neighborhood in Stanford. But, uh, but yeah, we couldn't get those things done sure, without right. them. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and it's... It, it becomes an easy sell when you tell them what you're looking to do and right. how you want to incorporate them and that it doesn't cost them anything but providing us with their wares right. and we'll advertise it for you. People are going to be sitting in your couches if they want to buy that couch. Right. They can buy it right off the, oh, right. Yeah. the floor of the tent. Take That's it home awesome. with them, you know. So it creates that, that showcase for them. It gives them a place to look a little cooler and different than in yeah. their showroom or store. And, uh, and, yeah, we, we couldn't do a lot of things without But the highlight of that whole thing, which you gave us a nice tour of, was the beer truck. Yeah, the tap truck. That was so tap truck. That was honestly, like, yeah. when people walk in, that's one of the first things you notice is that oh, yeah. there's a car in here. <laughs> that was yeah. within, like, five minutes of meeting. You'd be like, hey, you want to see the tap truck? I was like, yes, I want to see the tap truck. Yes. Really you sounded so eager to show I, it off. I really well, it's almost 100 years truck. old. Yeah, it's, it's a 1929. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a Ford Model AA. I think that sounds like a 100. 
hundred year old birthday party yeah. in, in about ten years or nine years. Good right. Yeah. Yeah. Mark it down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's all yours. Well, I'm out. We can fit the truck in here. Just yeah, yeah, bring yeah. it on in, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> as long as we can set up there. As long as we yeah, can right. just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the centerpiece, right? So that's that's, awesome. your, yeah. that's what everybody's coming for. It's a beer garden. So that's the second word in it, right? So it's we're there in the winter. Beer. How is it being distributed out of this really cool vintage tap truck? You know, with a bar that's like right in the center of it, of it all. Yeah. And then the whole garden aspect is just like a chill place to hang, right? Yeah. So um, I think that everything we created in that space. Uh, we kind of lived up to what there was, you know, whichever you expected it to be was that and a little bit more when you first walked in. Yeah. And it's the same as like working here when people walk in for the first time after they've found us and how to get to us. And then they open the door and they're like, see the tasting going, oh my God, we would have never thought this space was here. Yeah. Right. Same thing happened at the tent. They'd walk in going, oh my gosh, if I could capture every shocked look on every face when they came through <laughs> included, that yeah. door it was yeah, like absolutely. you can't you can't put a price on that you know yeah. and that's not worth an admission that's worth like the long term like you remember us for that experience we gave you nintendo 64 galentine's day i mean who oh, does that yeah, that's a know? great name <laughs> yeah. Well, that's from Parks and Rec. I understand. Oh, okay. I just like it. That oh, trivia okay. was ridiculous. Yeah, I saw the photos, and uh, I was like, yeah. I don't know how you pack that many people. I don't really understand wild. how we did either. We, we thought there'd be, I mean, that'd be a busy night. I've that's never. Crazy. It, yeah, you couldn't move in here. That's crazy. And that's what it is. It's just finding things people are passionate about. You know, like yeah. we're a dog-friendly brewery, and we probably that's probably the most questioned like Instagram uh, DM call we get. Can I bring my dogs? Yeah. And we're just like, yeah, yeah, okay. And we're like, great, I'm coming. Can't, uh, do you allow cats? I have a cat. We actually have some brewery cats. Um, oh, <laughs> behind us, yeah, yeah, yeah behind us. Everything else is behind us. Yeah, there's <laughs> there's, there's, there's a deep there. void behind half yeah, full, and that's where everything exists. There. Yeah. Besides, you know, my, I live. Behind us, I actually live. Organic. Yeah, I, I live behind there too. Yeah. In case you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna call it New Stamford. Is that yeah. Oh, I like that. There you go. He has a dwarf cat named Pepper. Yeah. And he's gonna show you a picture now, but it is small. Dwarf cats are just a cat with smaller legs. Yeah. Oh, so it's not like kitten size. It's long. And now, cause, well, they got it as a kid, but now it's grown yeah. to be long, but it's short, and it's and it's whack. So that's its so legs are those, up front there, and they're really those small. Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Pepper actually has it's like her, if a corgi was a cat. That's exactly, exactly it. Yeah. That is exactly Pepper it. actually has her own Instagram account. Yes. You can search Pep, Pepper the Munchkin Cat. Yep. Um, that's Cross run promo. by Pepper herself. No, it's run by his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that's a better photo. Of like her little. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a former roommate of mine. Yep, we used uh, to live together. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's an adorable cat. Would he get lost in here? Probably. Gone uh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Side note: What is the game of your childhood then? If you're, if you seem to be. Oh man. Um, you set up a Mario Kart tournament, but is there like a game? That you like that was your mainly your child. Oh, I, Ocarina of Time. Oh, that was 100%. mine. Thank you. Yep. I play. Like, we have it here. We joked like, who's gonna actually start playing it at work? Uh, <laughs> it's not gonna be a joke soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's probably. I think that or the GameCube Super Smash Brothers. Oh, Melee. Oh yeah. That was our. That's ours. Yeah, yeah that's our. That <laughs> like, was that, our that's the one. If if it was a tournament for just me, I would have done. But the N64 one has a has a following that GameCube doesn't. Yeah. I don't know, man. If you throw out there that there's a melee tournament, I know about ten people that See, would show the up. The problem is that you're gonna get actually like really good. I know. People are just that turns into a real fighting game. Problem. Like I'm good here between the coworkers. <laughs> and He's being modest right now. Podcast <laughs> um, land. He is very good. And I lost the first round of 
this Did you really? Yeah, it was no, just people like, take that super seriously. People take it really seriously. And yeah. it, was, it was cool to see. Yeah. I someone, like, there are people who came out and didn't even drink. They're yeah. just like, I don't want my free beer. I just want to play Smash I'm here Brothers. to focus. I'm here to, I'm here to win. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which was, was cool. the prize, though? It was a trophy, wasn't the it? The prize is an engraved trophy and a $64 gift card to half full. <laughs> oh, I know. I was so mad I lost the Mario Kart. The Mario Kart, there's one guy who was, like, really good, and Mar- I was really afraid. I, I, Mario Kart, it's, it's more approachable. Oh, absolutely. Which was good. It is. It so. is, because there's less BS that can, that can right. occur to you. Mario Kart is... is like most racers, it's just who can do the less mistakes. Right. Who can just hit every corner. Right. If you just say steady, you'll win. You're yeah. Winning. So there's this one guy. I told you this. Like he like would, the first two rounds, every corner was turned like perfectly, and I was like, I'm gonna have to face this guy. I'm screwed. And like I started this chain reaction at the end, and Frank went up winning. Like. Yeah pass him right at the last second and I was like oh I caused this and he was very very <laughs> mad yeah. and I was like sorry man it's like don't apologize see you later no, you, you say fuck yeah. that's right I'm from blood oh it was so much fun yeah and it's so interesting I've like, we've been to like you know different breweries that's like obviously part of our show and yeah. it's like it was the first scenario where I've seen something get like that rowdy excited it, fun I mean, yeah, and, like, like, when it was I'm in a, a brewery when I have crazy. a microphone and I'm like telling people like hey please don't stand on the tables don't climb on the brew deck to get a better view of the TV, like halfway through, we kind of realized we had hit gold on something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and oh so, you know, God. some of it is just like new is always fun. Yeah. Right. You see, any you follow any craft brewery, whatever's new, it sells the best. Yeah. And so, from products to experiences to events, like we could do that if we did that monthly. After month four, it'd be like, ah. You know, right. That's why quarterly or the less right. frequent, the better, because then it's more special. It's a, it's more oh, a special. Yeah. Topic. Which is why you're not doing the winter beer garden in the summer. Right. We're all, we're all winter <laughs> Just long. <for> the, yeah. <laughs> Joe, do uh, you have a... Did you play games as a Oh, game? please. <laughs> you, really, you really should come here sometime. You should, you should watch I'm ready. In 64. <laughs> so the, the fun part about working here is we work hard because it's a small staff. Yeah. So it's a big brewery. We have a lot of territory to cover. You know, so we work. But sometimes during the day, we just have to take a time out. It isn't to take a time out to drink a beer. It's like but sometimes it is. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, it's time to whoop your coworker's ass well, and, so, and smash your so, Mario Kart. As the general manager, Zach has the call, and he's just like, "All right, who wants to play?" <laughs> it's just like everything stops. Like, Break time. Play? Shut it so, down. Yeah, we're playing. We, you know, it's like right outside our office, so they all go out. Joe, you in? I'm like, "Have you seen me?" All right. So me and my alien hands come out, hold the he holds hold it like control. this. Ooh, uh, okay. And I just N64 controller. Yeah. So I just push every button. It's offensive. To do you hold? Do you hold the left and right side and leave the middle alone? Uh, he, he, he used to. Sometimes I've, been, I've gotten better. You have gotten much better. You have gotten much better. I now know which is in the middle. I know the A, the B. I know the up, the down. I know the middle. Let's and start. I'm still trying to learn like the triggers in the underneath. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, These yeah. two parts here. Yeah. Right. Right. But um, so what I just do to just stay in stay in the game is I just hit every button. So like Button my match. character, whether it's Kirby or Donkey Kong, is just like flailing around all over the place, <laughs> there you spinning go. around. Sometimes it works. Yeah. Yeah. It I does work. respect that. Sometimes I stay in pretty long, and they're pretty upset that I'm like <laughs> not doing anything, but just like God flailing damn it, myself no. around. You know? but it's fun. It's just fun, and yeah. I don't care that I'm not like a pro because yeah. it's just to get into the game. Yeah. You know, And again, it reverts back to like the culture that we have here. Yeah. You don't have to be super knowledgeable about anything. You know, yeah. you should be welcome here, feel comfortable here playing. You know, my coworkers will treat me like shit, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's an interesting thing because you just 
whether you did this on purpose or not right now, you just created a parallel and a connection between the work environment here at Half Full mm-hmm. and the experience you try to create with uh, customers coming in. Right, absolutely. People coming in who want to try beer, you want to be like, you don't have to be the guy who's talking about the molecules of the beer and right. how they bond to each other. Right. Or, but or the you type can, of yeast strain. Yeah, or whatever. <laughs> I, listen, dude, I'm not trying to split an atom here. I'm just trying to live my life. <laughs> but you're just trying to create experience. Well, same for yeah. your coworkers, right? Same for the people totally. that work below right. you and above you and everyone around you. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, things just smooth, are smoother when people enjoy the job they're doing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, that's so interesting because, again, I don't know if you did this solely on purpose because I, I before this interview, I went on your website and I read your mission statement, yep. which was very comprehensive. It's much longer than any mission statement. It, it is. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is In a good way. You, take, you take your title very seriously of yep. being half full, um, optimistic, and it was all about experiences that you'll remember that are positive. Right. And you just, you just embodied that with both. Just right now. Yeah, I mean, we, we have. So how natural is that? Really natural for you guys you know, to it's, accomplish, it's, or it's do you kind really of like a muscle memory thing? Yeah. We, we have this um, kind of internal filter, and I think it's on our website. It's like an acronym it's called Fabric, mm-hmm. and so everything we do, from the people we hire to the small events we do, kind of has to like check these boxes. And so Fabric stands for fun, audacious, brilliant, restless, impactful, and collaborative. Fun. Yeah, and I fun's like kind it. of a gimme. No, um, no. Fun for <laughs> the whole thing, but yes, right. Our, the whole thing is fun. If there's beers involved, it's fun. Right. Um, no, so like you know, audacious is is what's the risk we're taking, mm-hmm. and, and who else is doing it? Uh, brilliant is our is our work product. Is it half-assed? Do we just like show up like with the Mario Kart tournament? Like if I just plugged things in the minute before and hoped it worked, like yeah. that's like, like restless is like you know what do you work on that's next? And impactful is the feeling people get when they leave. Sure. And collaborative is really making sure we have a partner for everything. Um, and, and nine times out of ten, we can get a good partner for things like whether it's a beer partner or we have a food partner, um, or even just like internally staff partners because. You know, it was my event, but I had brewers here helping me out, and our sales team was here. So if, if nothing checks those boxes, it doesn't really fit us. Right. So if we have this incredible idea to make, you know, millions and millions of dollars, um, but it doesn't fit that, we, we would walk away from it because it's not really who we are as a company. Right. Sure. Exactly. Makes sense. And I have one, uh, one question, then we'll take a quick break. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you guys the same question separately. So Uh-oh. you came on, uh, what, you said three years three ago. Three years ago, yep. How have you seen the local scene change since, what, 2017, 2016 to 2020? Yeah, um, like the local beer scene, or just like how has Stanford grown? Or, or both. What's, uh, what's Stanford is an, is an interesting, Stanford is, a, is like the hot spot of Connecticut it right now. Really you know what, is. how about this? You pick which one you want to answer, and you'll answer the other one after the break. Okay. Um, nice. I think I'll talk about Stanford pro. first. We've, we've kind of doubled down on Stanford in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, it's expensive to be here. It is not a yes. traditional beer market. <laughs> And so it's, you know, it's, it's tough to, to, you know, basically have high rental costs, right? And just to be here. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're kind of taking the long bet. And what you'll see is, you know, I joke around about, you know, oh, this person's behind us too, is our neighborhood's been rezoned um, for, you know, more experimental and innovative projects. Wow. We've worked with the state of Connecticut on a bunch of different projects, one of those being the Winter Beer Garden. And right. so you see this, this lifeline kind of flowing into Stanford, <laughs> um, whether it's arts and community and music and, and things happening that three, four years ago really weren't happening. So, um, you know, we're working on a bunch of different projects here in Stanford, and, and all of those wouldn't have been possible a few years ago. And yeah. so what you'll see is you'll, the different neighborhoods of Stanford have, you know, traditionally in the past been closed off. So downtown Stanford wanted downtown Stanford to succeed, and Harbor Point wanted Harbor Point to succeed, and, you know, North Stanford wanted North Stanford to succeed. And so now everyone's kind of realizing that, like, we're one city. 
Right. And so with that, you know, you're seeing these different music concerts pop up. You know, we've, we've launched events with called Pizza in the Park, where it's just music and pizza in a park. And great. thousands of people come out and, and show up for it. And so Stanford kind of has those resources. There's, you know, millions of people who live here, new apartment buildings. We're close to New York City. We're yeah. close to Manhattan as Brooklyn is. Uh, yeah. It, it, right, time-wise. And so uh, we're seeing a lot of, you know, talent move out of Manhattan into Stanford. Companies growing, expanding here, and really doubling down. And so for us, that just means that, you know, our target demographic is growing here. We've been able to stay for a long time. And as those companies grow, you know, so is the budget for events and, and beers and different ways we can interact with people. Yeah. So Stanford is, has really kind of taken on a whole, a whole new, you know, vibe. And you've been here longer than me. You can speak to that. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. You know, especially when you started, it was 2014 or 2014. So the Connecticut beer scene was very, very young, and Stanford was obviously very different than it was. So what's been, like, the one thing that you've seen specifically, Joe, um, that has been so polarizing since you started to, like, 2020? Good question. Thank you. uh, I think the, the... the demographic, the age of people who are living in Stanford now—it's mm-hmm. younger. It's uh, it's more um, more restless. They yeah. want they want more they things. Want stuff. They right. want to do stuff. They don't want to like if they're working in the city and come home to Stanford from their job. They don't want to just go home. They want something to do where they live. Right. They don't want to necessarily have to stay in the city to go out with their friends and get back to Stanford at like one o'clock in the morning to only get on the train and go back to the city again. Right. So we want to continue to make this city a place where you want to stay, you want to live here, you don't, this isn't a temporary situation. Exactly. You know, um, so I think what's happening in Stanford is I've seen it just creating more opportunities to like be a part of the community mm-hmm. and not just be like the place where you live as you, after, after you have to go off to work. Yeah, absolutely. And that's great. So, um, all right, we're going to do a quick break because I want to learn more about the beer scene as far as when you guys started. So we're going to bury that lead there. And we'll be... Great stories. Oh, oh, great little tease. And we'll be right back. We're back. Yo, Bright Lime is dope. There you go. You heard it here first and we can wrap it up now. There you go. No, I'm kidding. No, I didn't expect that. (laughs) I didn't expect that. I was just excited. Uh, yeah, so I'm drinking the uh, Ales for ALS. Um, tell us about that before we yes. go into yeah, anything no, else. Yeah, no, sure. Ales for ALS is a cool program we've done. This is the second year, um, and we will likely do it again for the third year. Basically, um, it's an experimental hop blend. Um, we from YCH, and I, I could be wrong, um, but basically we donate a dollar back on every pint sold in the tasting room back to fighting ALS. Nice. Which is cool. So we, we did a couple events for it. Um, we, I think that's actually our last keg of the year. Uh, we, we do a couple of different beers with uh, like charitable backgrounds to it. Uh, People Power was one we did a couple of years ago, which was fun. So it's just another like you know community building thing that we do that sure. means something beyond just oh we're doing a beer and, and donating money. Um, you know we know people who have been impacted by ALS, so it was a it was a good one for so us. To get do. a little personal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm actually a fan of that. So um, I was like grabbed to it. I, I you know I'm a better person than Jeff, so I said oh ALS I, I'd be That's happy true. to support That's a cure. We, we do judge so. customers based on if they order so a charitable. So you can beer. judge I would, Jeff. I would negatively I, judge me positively. <laughs> no, and I will accept that. I am a scum. No, I'm just kidding. But Bright Lime's really good. Bright actually. Lime, really like you had, you had this? Yeah, I did. It's I I mean I figured the lime was there. Yeah. But I didn't expect it to be as strong as it is, and that that is not a negative. No, I, I, it's I was, so good. I got it because it's a blonde ale. Yeah. I like a blonde ale, so I was just I don't know. There you go. That's fun. <laughs> Listen, so, if you put it out, I'll buy cans. So, um, going into that, 
what is your two favorite beers at Half Full, if you can say? Besides every beer. The only one who doesn't say is Tom, who's our, our head our brewmaster, and he's like, choosing between my children. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Which is, which is kind of true, yeah, but you always love one child more. We need like, Sophie's choice with you know, your beer. <laughs> I've gone back and forth. Um, I think it's probably bright for me. It's like the beer I order out all the time. Uh, my wife makes fun of me because I pay for it at restaurants, but I genuinely like that beer because it's it's an easy drinking you know craft beer that's got a lot of flavor to it. If I wasn't saying bright, it'd probably be um, being lightened our, our honey Kolsch, oh, which is nice. which is great. We do it seasonally. Um, we've won two gold medals for it. Ooh. We do it with uh, Red Bee Honey out of Wilton. Nice. Which is a fun collaborative project, and she's incredible. You have never met someone as passionate about anything until you meet uh, the owner of Red Bee. <laughs> uh, you know, apiary, which is which is cool. So that that's probably my second favorite beer. Oh, nice. All right, what about you, Joe? So originally, my favorite was the Within Reach Peach Wheat. That's very good. Only if I could mix it with some IPA. But I would drink it solo. But I like to com- I like to experiment and like mix our beers. And yeah. sometimes I hit it, and sometimes I don't. But that was like my go-to. But ever since we came out with Beacon, yeah, that's it. I'm like done mixing, I'm done. There's no more experiments, there's no more, let's take this and put some of this in it. Let's just drink Beacon. That's like, I will drink that all day, yeah. every day. I would say Beacon and Bright for me, yeah. like 100, I like will never forget the taste of Bright in a great way. It's so like distinct, but yep. it's so like easy drinking. It's the like best blend of both, so I love that. Um, well, we, well, we had a question out. that we wanted to pick oh, up on. Yeah, you go. So you, 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 Tyler, you asked about the development of like the beer scene. Right. We went into Stanford a little bit more before yep. we took the break. Well, I'm going to throw the back question back. Is that we've always we we like discussing and asking different people about how this very relatively new industry yep. has grown incredibly quick, and how you. What reflect on the how you've seen yep. it grow and kind of in like where do you see it going? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you know craft beers are really interesting. I think crossroads right now where uh, I meant it's like ten years ago, just existing was was cool. Um, so when we first opened, we had people coming out. They're like, oh, you know, we're the, you're the only craft beer or craft brewery in the area. Now they're coming out because of the products and the experiences and, and all of that. So I think we've seen Stanford grow from you know having no craft beer scene right ten right. years ago because there was no brewery year um to when we first opened just kind of like generally accepting craft beer and being this fun interesting experience because it was this bootstrapped company you know started from you know a couple young kids selling beer and and now we've kind of grown into you know a a more i think community focused brewery that has products that tie really into where we are and so i think what you're going to start seeing is breweries really pivot into kind of taking on a specific um business plan whether to be retail focused or distribution focused or non-beer products or specifically beer products in like, like like a treehouse or a trillium when they're really leaning into um, and i say that and also treehouse and trillium have recently invested into connecticut yes um, yep treehouse did, yeah. non-brewery you know real estate so trillium's opening up a farm in stonington oh they are treehouse really okay also bought a farm um, yeah the right fermentary the or yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. fermentary yep. very cool so yeah. you know i think you're seeing um these companies realize that like you have to engage with customers in more than one way and the way you do that is just offering different experiences. So yeah. for us, you know, what that looks like is, you know, um, for those who know, we're opening up a second location and we can't talk about it too much, but it'll be a different experience in a brewery. Um, all of our events we do every year, we always start each year by saying, what do we want to do again? What do we want to change? What do we want right. to repeat? And, you know, new itself is a product, yeah. right? So from beer to events. So it's kind of figuring out what's new for us yeah. this year in 2020, which we've I think, figured out, yeah. knock on wood. 
Um, <laughs> and we just we just announced a new series we're doing here in Stanford called the Homestead Series, yeah. which is really, Stanford has a lot of different neighborhoods. And, and people who don't live in Stanford don't always know, Stanford's a really interesting city in that there's farms and there's urban life and there's you know these huge metro railroads that run through. Yeah. And in North Stanford, you have acres and acres of property and apple orchards. So Stanford's really diverse in, in the landscape of who lives here and, and where you can live. Yeah. And so to kind of highlight that, we're making these beers for each individual neighborhood uh, that we've seen a huge uh, response for that we weren't really expecting. And so we'll probably do four or five this year that just call out the community we live in. And Chapin's the first one, Chapin's right? Chapin's the first one. Nice. Um, yeah, Chapin is uh, the southernmost point of Stanford predominantly waterfront um, it's where a lot of our some of our employees live and so a lot of our like, big customers live there and so we're excited to do that one so we're actually using all southern hemisphere hops for that which should be cool That's nice um and then so n- up next after that will be in no order uh, glenbrook cove um downtown waterside, waterside south yeah. end north stanford and westover yeah uh, the one we are not able to do is springdale which another uh, New England brewery has trademarked. Yes, there is. So There's we had a Springdale a chat Brewing. With them, uh, <laughs> so we're not able to do that one, unfortunately. But, but we love you, Springdale. We love, those are great guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we, you know, we, we know them pretty well. Have so. you seen the logo for the their cans no. for this? Okay, I'll pull it up. So that's the so that's the other, while you pull that up, yeah. like, that's the other fun part about it is like, not just about how great the beer is going to taste, but now we're getting more into like, what does it look like on the outside? Because yep. yes. everything you see, and because there's so much it's craft beer out there. Oh, there you go. And whenever oh, you yep, go, it's beautiful. Whenever you go to a to a store that sells beer, and you're you're faced with that daunting case of right. can after can after can after can, what's different, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's like now we're getting onto the artistic side of like how do our cans look yeah. on the outside, and with you know with us now being able to produce our own labels and make labels for individual cans, like we can get really creative and develop an art team that can like kind of get us where, where we are with our head and what we want these to look like and to create a theme, especially like this Homestead series, they're all pretty much the same, but they're different in the, the color, the scheme, you know, all of that, but the design stays the same. And I think that's what's going to stand out in the cooler full of Absolutely. like 300 beers. Oh, and, yeah. and we, we have preached that on our yeah. podcast because we, in our reviews, we we talked about the brewery, the experience at the brewery. Yeah. The, then we introduce the beer, we talk about the label, and then we drink it. I mean, the, even for, I mean, I work at a brewery, and what I pick off the shelf, I'm like, oh, this label looks great. Yeah. Right? And, and, <laughs> That's and, so important. And, which, is, which is, I think a lot of people really forget that, like, the, the label is the first introduction. And so what you've seen 10 years ago is straightforward beer name, brewery name, product name. Now right. it's really transitioning to, like, sometimes it's tricky to, tricky to figure out what brewery actually produces. Like, so Hudson Valley, right? They are retail only, so they can put whatever they want in their cans. Oh, but yeah. they've established their brand visually, right, more than anything else. And so I think Treehouse is the same with a lot of their a lot of their products. Mm-hmm. And so you start to see that now, the product also includes the visual label beyond right. just the liquid in the can. Well, I mean, you have to think about what does the food industry always drive at? It's like you eat with your eyes, right? So yeah, it's like, exactly. What does yeah. it look like? It may not taste that great, point. or it may be absolutely delicious, but. It's all about what's on the plate and what it looks like. Right. Yeah. So our plate is the can. What does it right. look like? What am I picking up off that shelf? Right. You know. I was actually talking to Tyler just when we were in the uh, tap room area, and uh, I was looking at your cans in your fridge, and I was saying there's there's a th- what you guys do I I like a lot, and that is that the general format of your designs mm-hmm. is the same. Yep. But the color. The, there sometimes there's a, a graphic here and there yeah. that changes that really shows what the beer is. Yeah. 
and you know there's some breweries that do that. I got a quick, quick shout out to Bad Sons. They do that as yep. well. They have their it's the, the skull, skull with the hops. Yep, it's the same architecture every time, can, but they're yeah. gonna change the color and whatever it is. I I love that design idea. I do love when you know a brewery gets crazy with each individual one. Are you? Do you feel like you guys? I mean, I'm not trying to get you to commit to anything. Are you? Do you feel like you're gonna lean towards more of that first idea? Hundred uh, percent. Yeah, yeah. No, we we have made a conscious choice to start to transition all of our products to that. So, uh, we've worked with a great agency out of Chicago, Stop Collective. Um, they're phenomenal. So I'm happy to give them a plug. Uh, <laughs> they're they kind of helped us develop the architecture of what mm-hmm. our can should look like. And so we're moving all of our products. Anything new that comes out will be looking similar to Beacon, Ascend, um, nice. and Before the Dawn. All of our new products this year will kind of match that. The only difference will be Supernova Series has a pretty distinct feel. Yeah. Um, so those will keep and change color schemes. Yeah. And we're talking about transitioning, you know, current products to match the, the updated version as well. You have to so think like, about like when when Halfle started, right? Yeah. It was like, you know, it was whimsical. It was fun. It was like life's glass half full, and like, and we still that's a core right of the mission, right. and will always be that. You know, so the cans matched the statement of like being fun and like bright and vibrant yeah. and all of those things. You know, as we get older, as we grow and we like mature into what we want to be in the in the next 10 years, mm-hmm. it's like the labels have to mature with you, you know? So it's like the brand will always be the brand, right. but as that visual, you know, that, that youthful fun, like, hey, drink a bright, you know, it's going to like eventually evolve into something right. that's more like, like still all-encompassing for everybody, but we'll have that like more mature look. Yeah, we, we've kind of figured out what our visual language is. Yeah, and, yeah. And now kind of transitioning that to a lot of products. Yeah, because you can tell, like, Beacon, Ascend, Before the Dawn, oh, it's yeah. all, like, this yep. group, and, like, the bright, yep. um, within reach, like, it's all their own group. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're individual, but they all are half full. Correct. They, yeah. They're in a clump, yeah. they're together. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we have some products that we're rotating in and out, some that we've retired over the past couple of years, and so, you know, bright and within reach are two that we're, you know, really high on that we're going to keep rolling with, and we'll probably design, you know, or redesign the next year or so to yeah. match a new aesthetic. So, actually, so I've had a question. I know we've talked about more of, like, the past, you know, five years or so, but Joe, obviously you said you came on five, six years ago. The uh, rhetoric was a little bit different. So when you first came on, there's a handful of breweries in the state. Um, Tell us a a little bit about, you know, what the scene was, like what Halfle was trying to do in 2014, in 2015 to like, you know, get themselves off the ground, this new brewery. What did you kind of experience early on? Yeah, I think their goal from day one when I started coming here, you know, was to get our beer in as many hands as we possibly could. Right. To get people to taste and, and just drink our beer to experience it because it was new, right? Right. And when I started in, uh, in 2014, the brewery was only a couple of years old at that point. Yeah. So it was a brand new product, you know, and we only had four beers on tap. And then we had experimental beers or rare beers, they used to call them. And like I told you, back there it's like it was a cask it was oh, a kegerator yeah. <laughs> with like one or two taps yeah. and there was the four main taps yeah and in the early days the original beers were bright pursuit um, beyond uh, onward yep. and uh toasted amber you oh, know yeah, so amber, those were like the four core <laughs> beers but then they would have like these great rare beers and they would create events around it rare beer nights and you yeah. come in and like try this like cask only cask conditioned beer and yeah. stuff so it's a very different mindset in that you know we wanted people to just drink the beer yeah. and that's why they had the license that said you know just come buy a glass we'll give you all the samples of our beer you want so you can taste and like experience it so there would be lines out the door I would come here on a Friday night for what they would consider happy hour uh, and it was actually called open house 
And what open house was, was the same as any other night, but they made it special in that you'd get a stamp, you'd pay your, your charge for your, your glass, you'd get your glass, and there was open taps all night long. You know, and they were open from four to eight back then. So for four hours, open taps, fill your glasses, and this place would be a zoo. I mean, it was absolutely, <laughs> you know, but it was brilliant in the sense of like just getting people to come here, you know, yeah. and it's like, it's taken a while to like, shed that you know that that thought of like who we were but and when i think back on it it was like it was brilliant in that like what a way to get people to come and have you you're brand new how else can you do it and you get this license that just allows you to like sell merch basically yeah. glassware yeah and you get it you know and like the samples were you know you would get um chips poker chips like you know and trade those in for, for a bill awesome. um and it was just crazy it's like i had never seen anything like it but and nobody else I ever think that came through those doors like me did. And it was like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing. And then the price went up to 15 yeah. and then it went up to 20 But people were still coming. Like, the price increase didn't matter to them. It was coming down to, like, be at this thing until it became, like, a frat party. And it just got, you know, ridiculous because the secret was out. Right. Or the best kept secret was out that you can come to Half Fall and, like, drink copious amounts of beer for a very low price <laughs> yeah you know? seriously but for those first couple of years of doing it it was really the way to like get people to just drink the beer and if they saw it out somewhere they're like oh man i had it half full yeah. you know and like i'll buy it or i'll have it yeah. here and they used to keep like back in the day there was a wall that was done in uh chalkboard paint and they would write down every new bar or restaurant that would start putting half full on tap. Oh, nice. So they have like Ridgefield, and they have all the bars in Ridgefield, Stamford, Norwalk, Fairfield, you know, all these places. And it was just like this running tally of like, what's the next place? Right. And you couldn't wait to come here to see where can I get it on tap next, you know? So they created this excitement that beer made in Stamford was like now being served in Norwalk and Westport and, yeah. you know, Bridgeport so and stuff. It's gotta, so it's it was very cool. Yeah, it was, a, it was, hence the reason why like I loved coming here because it was, a culture and it was a family and you were rooting for this place to, to work yeah. and win because they were making beer in the town you decided to live in and it was good beer and um, they, were, they, were, they were excited about it you know and you could see the passion behind it so you wanted to be a fan of this place and you wanted to come in and see another restaurant written up on the wall you yeah. know kind of deal so and then on that note too did you notice that like the consumer has changed in six years. Like when you first open, are they like, yes. why would I drink a craft oh, yeah. beer? It's like Sam, I always like equate it to Sam Adams. You yep. look at you guys, like two roads, like the early 2010s, you're starting out and everyone's like, why would I have an IPA when I can have Sam Adams? Right. It's kind of like that same thing, but like on a local standpoint, like do you notice that people are like, why would I oh, go yeah. for this? Yeah, I mean, you know, customers, even even three, four years ago, right? Uh, just like, you know, what what is this place? What is that for? <laughs> for my whole life, what yeah. are you guys? Um, it's, a, it's an uphill battle to, to convince someone to stop drinking their favorite beer and drink our beer. Yeah. Um, but I think what, what we've seen is the more craft breweries in the area, the more craft beer customers there are. Right. So someone yeah. may have drink, you know, which is fine. Blue Moon all their life. Right. But they're like, this guy right, right there. They're, yeah. like, they're my favorite beer even yeah. to this day. Right. <laughs> you're like, you know what? I had an Allagash White last month Ooh. and I thought it was great. And yeah. so Allagash is a great craft brewery. What else am I missing out in craft right. beer? And so you, you get kind of this, this ripple effect where 
you know, I think if you're on Instagram and social media, you see New England IPA is taking over the world, which is true. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of other gateway beer products. And so, you know, we're seeing a shift back in low ABV beers, um, not as much low calorie beers, but like more sessionable products that you can kind of lifestyle focused. Like the yeah. Pilsner Lager. The Pilsner Lager. Yeah. I'll go out and I'll, I'll order, even though I'm an IPA drinker, you know, and I said it with Beacon, but if I can find a Pilsner or a Lager Same. on a menu, I'm drinking I'm, I'm going to order that nine times. I know a lot of people who are, very, who are very Love intimidated it. by the IPA because it, then it becomes a double IPA, then it becomes a triple IPA. And like, what are we talking about also, they're, they're expensive. Um, <laughs> you know, I think all of us are, you know, we're craftier customers too. So if I'm going out to a bar and I'm like, I can spend 11 bucks on a pint of some unknown New England IPA, that might be great. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I can get a pretty good lager from a brewer I know. I'm going to get the lager. Yeah, um, 100%. You know, but, but we're also, brewers are also a microcosm, you know, where we joke around. But, um, but I think you yeah. can agree, like, with our customer base and, like, the demographic. It's like, as we expanded our, our offering, yeah. you know, and, and became, and we, and we would, like, make it a big deal. Like, there's these new beer releases, and it went beyond the rare beer and the cast condition. Then it became, like, community source sales, and we were, like, partnering up with people to make beer with products made in Connecticut, you know, honey or hops, yeah. whatever the case might be, you know. So we expanded that product line, we gave more offerings, that was able to give more people out there mm-hmm. a chance to come in, Yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, no, we're, we're doing more beers this year than we ever have before. Wow. Uh, we've retired more beers in 20, or plan to retire more in 2020 than we have before. And I think it just goes to show that, you know, we're just conscious that people are excited about what's next. Yeah. Um, we, you know, for us, we, we've had the, the phrase trademarked, you know, look forward to more for a long time. And um, the, for the customer who comes in weekly, as exciting as it is to drink your favorite beer every week, you also are like, hey, what, what's, what's new? new? Right? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. that's fun even for us. Like, you know, uh, our brewers will berate me because I'll joke around. I'm like, hey, what? there's new beer in the tank. Can I try it yet? Can I try it yet? Can I try it yet? Um, and we have some fun things in the tanks here. Uh, that we haven't announced yet that we'll pull off and try just because I'm impatient. And if <laughs> I'm impatient working here, I can only imagine our customer base. So, yeah. you know, our mug club, we have about 100 members in our mug club who come in pretty much weekly to get their, their beer. Um, and nine times out of 10, they order the newest beer on tap. And so if they're a small, you know, sample size of our customer base, then even though we see our flagship beer growing year after year, we also know that the new products are the way to go. Yeah. So, you know, okay. To answer your question in the longest way possible, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, years ago, I think you saw more brand loyalty yeah. um, to products and, and breweries. And I think now what you're seeing is just people like, there's so much good beer everywhere that I want to try what's next rather than like limit myself to what I, I know I already like. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how we feel about it too. It's, we, you know, we also review beer. And, you know, we both have found our our scores to be within three to four and yeah. a few into the fours. And that's because there aren't any bad beers. No, there are no beers rare. worth giving a yeah. one. There's it's, nobody out there no. doing. I mean, obviously, if you're putting out a beer that's like that bad, then what, what's happening? But that doesn't say that it's all. It's because it's just good beer. That's it's just because the competition. Yeah. Do you think it's. I'm going to turn this into a question. Yeah. Do you think it's because of the competition now? Because there's 111 breweries that we know within the yeah. under this you know, umbrella. Not, not too much. I mean, if you go to a liquor store in Connecticut, you'll see more out-of-state breweries likely than you will in-state. Yeah. Right? right. You'll see stacks of Sierra Nevada. You'll see stacks of Dogfish Head. You'll see 
Sam Adams products, right, everywhere. And, and those, those have always been good beers. Yeah. I think what you're seeing is people who have been fans who have perfected their crafts and turned into it. Um, the barrier to entry is a lot less expensive now. So before, you know, to open up a brewery, you would have needed millions and millions and millions of dollars. And in some cases, you still might. Um, but you can get equipment now for $10,000, $20,000. And you might not be the world beater brewery. But, you know, you'll certainly be able to produce something worthwhile. Um, homebrew books are incredible. I think an interesting story is, like, is Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery. If you follow how he's kind of created a community of education. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So people know how to make better beer now. Yeah. And, and more often than not, when we've had, you know, bad beer, it's not the brewery's fault. It's, hey, we grabbed it at liquor store XYZ, and it's two years old. Right? <laughs> and, and, and so that's, that's, I think, where is the uphill battle is, I think, about a breweries, is, is once a product leaves, you know, your, your area or your retail room or your, um, your distribution center, the control over it's tough. And so you just want to make right. sure that, you know, your, your best buy dates are, are you know, accurate. Um, you're making products that are shelf-stable, and so there's just a much lower tolerance for customers to say, this beer was bad. And, and yeah. which is, you know, you had more leeway 20 years ago. Yeah. Because it was fun, it was craft, it was new, it was, you know, bootstrapped and, and homemade, and now it's like, it's a serious product. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, we've noticed too, like, we've had some on a local level that like, haven't been amazing, and it could have right. been because of the canning, this, yeah. it's over carbonated, this and that. But there really or sometimes it's just the style of beer that maybe doesn't appeal to me. Right. I'm not a big fan of sours. Right. So when I drink a sour, I take that into account when I'm drinking yeah. it. It's just the back so, yeah, I mean, like in Connecticut, it's like everyone's making something good. Like, it, right. you know, if they, they don't make something strong, there is something that they make that is it's, like yeah, their focal you know, point. In this area, there's, there's no bad beer being made. Yeah, really. it's true. It's just, you know, different tastes and people might like different things more than others. And you know, if you go to Untapped, I think that Untapped is... Um, <laughs> That's where we score everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll joke around the office and say the internet's the worst invention. Yes. Um, I also and, agree. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it, people say, I hate stouts, and this is a two. But if you actually talk to people and say, oh, like, it's rare that someone will say, that was a, a poorly made product. Yeah. Which no. is a, a distinct thing being made. And so, you know, we at Half Full, we don't let our staff rate beers. Um, which is pretty standard in the industry because it's we're collaborative, and so right. the only way you can rate, you can say something is, let's say I go to a you know competitor and I, this beer is phenomenal, you can check that in, right? Because give them the praise, make sure that they know, sure. send them an email and say this was fantastic. Um, anything else? No, hands off. Yeah. We, we try to go under the the idea of like, what did they try to accomplish? Right. Is there some kind of fun flavor? Yep. What is it? How does it? rank as far as like other beers of its style right is it true to style yeah, yeah. and it did it did it accomplish those check marks did you so i'll do that with sours or right. you'll do that with a type of beer that you might not be a yeah. biggest fan of and that that kind of eliminates the yep. i don't like sours zero right screw you right. <laughs> i bought the sour and i hate sours and this is not a one and a half. Yeah, that doesn't happen. That just doesn't so, happen. So it's funny, Joe. So you know, you've been around. I think Untapped was came out maybe a little bit before mm-hmm. Half Full. Yep. Um, but like, have you seen the consumer get like more educated since Half oh, Full has been open? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like they, you know, it, it in the early days it was like this is new. It's beer. I'm gonna drink it. <laughs> yeah. You know, where now it's like this is great. It's local. It's made right here, and there's so much to choose from. Right, yeah. there's so many different flavor profiles. I, you know, I'm a fruity beer drinker. I'm a wheat beer drinker. I'm a hoppy beer drinker. I'm a sour beer drinker. You know, I'm a stout beer drinker. Like, you know, the the, the 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 color wheel of like what we offer 
is like so different now. Yeah. So that's bec- that's bringing in. Don't get me wrong. We still get the people like I just want a beer, you know, and that's great, and that's 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 part of your business, you know. But there's so many more people that are going. Like we said earlier, what's your newest one? What do you yeah. have on tap now? What you know? What haven't I tried yet? I don't know. What have you tried? You yeah. know, we'll, we'll banter back and forth. Like, you tell me what you've had. I'll tell you what you haven't had. You know, or um, I really want to try something different. I love the the people who come right. up to you, whether you're at a beer fest, here in the tasting room, wherever, and just say, I want to try something different. What do you recommend? You know, it's like that's great. That is a great conversation starter. When yeah. Says, what do you recommend? Yeah, What's we, your favorite beer? We get a lot beer? of you know wine drinkers who come in and say, I hate beer. For some reason, I'm here. You just kick the door down. I hate beer. Uh, and so, our how may we help you? Yeah, I mean, our, our Supernova series. I, I can't oh, say yeah. how many wine drinkers have been like, "This is phenomenal," because right. it doesn't taste like your traditional beer. It's right. a, it's a session sour, right? So it doesn't really hit you in the molars like a barrel, you know, two-year-old barrel-aged sour yeah. might. So it's approachable. It's easy. It's it's lower calorie, lower ABV, and, and it's just like we've knocked it out of the park. The best people you see is like when you get like like. I had two people come up to an event. She was a beer drinker. Her friend was not. I love those people because right. you can somehow get that non-beer drinker to at least try it. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't need to drink a beer just because you think it's like I don't like the taste of beer. Well, what do you think beer tastes like? Is it too hoppy? Is it too malty? Is right. it too you know bitter? Whatever right. it is. But if you give them a sour, you know, it's like it's not. That's the furthest away from the traditional beer taste right. as you're going to get. And her friend was like raving over the key lime sour. I love I the said, key lime. I was, yeah. I've been trying to say that. It, that's awesome, by so the I way. Said, I love that. <laughs> I said, this will not hurt my feelings if you don't like it. Yeah. I'm going to pour the, a sip into a cup. Just taste it. Mm-hmm. You could either love it, hate it, whatever. But at least show your friend you're right. giving it the yeah. effort to try. She tasted it. And this, she's like going... This isn't as bad as I expected it to be. Right. And she's like, not compliment. That she's like, <laughs> and I'm not saying that your beer is bad, but the taste of what I was expecting it to be. Right. I said, you you won. I said, you tried it, and it wasn't what you expected it to be. So, don't shut the door on beer because of the preconceived notion of what you think beer tastes like. Mm-hmm. Not all beers taste the same. Right. You know. So at least you made the effort to try it. She's like, I would buy this. And I said, yeah. great. And. That's, I mean, that's the, when you're talking about, like, how has the consumer changed, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, they're willing to at least try, or at least if you've got somebody who's going to hold their hand and walk them through the try process, and not make them feel bad, not make them feel stupid, or, like, shunned because they're not a beer drinker, you know, that's, that's where it's changed, you know, like, the, 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 the mentality of beer consumers has changed. Absolutely. And I guess as the consumer has changed, you know, the the amount of breweries, the competition, all that has changed right. as well. So, you know, a question that, especially on the podcast, we get a lot from people who are always curious when we talk to beer people. It's like, how is everyone so, like, cohesive? You know, the common thing, it's like, Lock City's in Stanford, yep. and you think you guys are, you know, mortal enemies. So you guys have two beers together, and it's like yeah, this dude. unique relationship. Uh, you know, Michael, there's... Great. Yeah, I know. I um, met Mike. He's yeah, a great he, guy. He's smart. Stops by here, one, I don't know, once a month. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's, you know, the more people, I think, it, it's, beer is a destination. Right. I, I think a lot. So what you're seeing is a shift to, to retail and tasting rooms and, and all of that. Um, so if there's two breweries in Stanford, that gives you double the reason to go visit from New Haven. Yeah. Right. And so um, I think a really good example is Allagash in, in Portland, Maine. Um, one of the, you know, I think the best breweries in the world 
there's about five or six different breweries across the street from that right. that you might not know of in these small office park buildings. Yeah. Uh, the staff at Allagash actively encourage you to, to, to leave their tap room and to go to these other breweries. Yeah. Uh, and you can spend four to six hours on this one street. You don't street have to leave main, that street at all. No, you can park that. and spend yeah, hours and you're, awesome. you're a day there. And service level, you're like, well, if they're buying beer from Austin Street or Foundation or Battery Stone, they're not buying it from Allagash. But on some side, it's like how many thousands of more people have come to all of those places. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, would we like to be the only brewery and only beer sold in all taps in Stanford? The answer, of course, is, is yes. <laughs> uh, but that's not realistic. Yeah. I mean, you're a business. That's what I mean. Yeah, would, right. I would love to sell only half a beer across the world. Right. Um, but that's not realistic. And so the more people who are comfortable with local beer, the better it is for, for everybody. And it's, it's fun to do with two events, can releases, label collaborations. Um, you know, I think Two Roads does a great job setting the, the stage for, for the craft beer marketing. Yeah. They are approachable, you know, from every aspect, I think, in the way that we are. Make dozens of different styles, sure. different events. But, you know, Stanford and Stratford is, might as well be different states. Yeah, um, seriously, it's, yeah. You know, with traffic, it's, it's, it's so far. So, you know, I think the, the market is just becoming a little more hyper-local. Yeah. So where 10 years ago, there was a handful, and they were all local. Now it's like, well, what's local to me? Right. It's different than what's local to you. Well, that's that's maybe the weakness of the Connecticut craft beer scene is that everything is just too spread out. Yeah, it's a, and that you can't be yeah. a tourist from another state. It's a big small like, state. I'm gonna just yeah. hit up a bunch of breweries. Well, right. are you now? Because you gotta drive yeah, through. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I family highway, who are just like, oh, I can't wait to come down. I'm gonna go to Fox Farm and Half Full and Two Roads. I'm like, that is a multi-day. Yeah, for one <laughs> yeah. of the smallest yeah. states in the area. I mean, one because of you know traffic and just getting around the state stuff. Right. But everything's so spread out. You know, New Haven has a good a good craft beer scene. Yeah. But not in downtown New Haven. Right. Yeah. You're it's it's the yeah. ring around New Haven. It's yeah. East Rock and Counterweight and Nebco. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing a couple out there, but that's still 20 25 minutes between each, and it's tough to drive when you do that. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Hartford has a handful, but Hanging Hills is outside Hartford. City seems downtown. Thomas Hooker is you know a good way from there. That's Bloomfield. So, yeah, it's yeah, out there. It's, <laughs> It's tough to really make a, a, a day trip out of a lot of these things. Um, so even two roads, I think you see that they've opened up a second location on their property. Yeah. Right. And, and don't, so you, don't put that somewhere else. Just right. right next exactly. To so you, so you see the trend uh, where people want to make a destination spot. Yeah, and you know it's funny too. We you know, we talked to the Brewers Guild. We talked to you know the community, yeah. and it's I've always said it's unique because it's 111 breweries that aren't out to cut each other's throats. Right. Like people want to help each other. There's there is a beer that have four other breweries making it. Right. There's like a beer that's going to be coming out that's going to have seven different breweries. Like, you know, it's like all these different things. It's like, yeah. you never see this I mean, in any other vertical. Do you feel that support? Do you feel that support? Yeah. Like, cause we dove into this not knowing that this community existed. We're like, we know, we know something. He was like the one that really knows a lot. And then yeah. it's like, let's do a podcast about it. And yeah. Like, wow, there's a world about this. You know, I think the coolest do you feel thing, that? yeah, the coolest thing for me is other breweries actually buying our beer. Which yeah. um, cool. you know we, really we do. Cool. So we, we buy beer from Ken Falls for some of our events. We, nice. we do some partnerships with, with Barry up there and Hanging Hills. Um, but you know, like Illicit Brewing, they buy a ton of our sour beers. Um, a couple of breweries out in Stonington buy some of our beers. So it's it's really cool to see that that they would choose not just to buy another brewery's product, but they support in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you call it a competitor. So that that's really and they don't even call us and say, hey, we want to do this with you guys. It's just like they're buying it, which I think is great. Um, that's, that's probably the coolest thing for me. But, yeah, I think, you know, it's Stanford and Fairfield County is like a different state. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you cross that Fairfield, Fairfield line. Um, but I think, like, you know, with all of the breweries in the state, 
if we didn't work together, if we didn't collaborate, if we right. didn't support, there'd be no industry. Yep. Right. It's, like, yeah. it's not an easy industry to be in in this state, you know, with regulations and laws and rules and all of that stuff. But we have to be collaborative and we have to be unified in it so that the industry thrives and grows and becomes even bigger than it already is. In Some the of it, state. yeah, it, it goes beyond just product and it's just knowledge share. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting together and saying, hey, I've seen this. Have you guys seen this? And having a unified voice at the state legislative level has, has been huge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I forgot my question. You go. You go. Do you have a I'm, question? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I always forget my question. Like right here. I'm like, oh, damn. I get so into what you guys say. So Experiences are like the big part of what you guys do. Yeah. We've already talked about that. Are there experiences and, and ideas that you've seen out there that you kind of admire? That I'm just like I know I know oh, it's yeah. it's kind of yeah. weird, but it's like it's something I, that you want I, to I, I know you were, We're going to say we're, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. outdoor, the whole outdoor beer garden experience, yes. like taking that beer, you know, and being outside on a nice spring or yeah. summer day, yeah. even in early fall, you know, and creating that. It's an it's elaborate pop-up, really. It's not just a tent with some with a jockey box and a couple of taps, but it's like it's a. It's immersive. It's a building. Yeah. It's like it's like you know, like at night shift, it's it's a, a shipping container, and and giant trailer that they've converted. It no, is. It was. Uh, awesome. So Trillium had the shipping container. So we we, right. we oh, took wow. a trip up this past summer, and you know, I'm all so excited about it. So much. You know, night shift has done a great job in you know creating a multi-pronged business model. Yeah. Um, they just bought a food truck and launched that a few months ago. They have two Jeez. tap rooms. Uh, their tap room at Lovejoy has food and a small pilot system. And I mean, it's, it's small things like gender neutral bathrooms and changing stations, right? Yeah. That like the other locations don't have. So it's just, they're becoming so approachable in every single way. They had one pop-up beer garden on the Charles. Last year they had two because it was so successful. Wow. So it's getting out of the brewery and not just like going to people at trade shows and hey, sample this beer. We're, we're a show at this era, a table at this show. But creating a space away from you, um, they're they're the model I think for us. Um, fun, if only you know how they not their head brewer used to work here, which was a he was intern for a long time. Really? Ago. Yeah. Wow. So, so we, we know Joe pretty well. Um, they make fantastic beer, but I think Massachusetts is like, you know, a good model of what you see. I think really to start to happen. So like I mentioned, yeah. Treehouse and Trillium expanding into different states, right? For retail locations, yep. you see Night Shift now in Philly with a new uh, a new production area. Yeah, that's right. And so they're they're growing outside and they're taking what makes them so special and, and rolling that up and shipping it out rather than just like we're going to start distributing here right because you can't control that right. and at the same time like why do all four of us care about beer from Nevada right it's true chances are we don't in the same way they don't care about <laughs> our beer right so why would right. we ship half a beer across the country um, but if you can bring the experience there right, right that makes it all the more worthwhile sure right. that's absolutely so uh, another one? I did. So, a um, couple more questions. I won't yeah. keep you too much longer. But, so what's on the horizon for the rest of 2020? You know, this is probably going to... That gonna, was my question. Well... You son of a bitch. We're just on the same <laughs> wavelength. So, just like them. Um, no, I'm going to choose to be bitter about it. All right, fine. Go ahead. <laughs> so, this is probably going to come out, you know, middle of March, yep. beginning of spring, all yep. that. What is on the horizon for you guys oh, in fun. 2020? Okay. So the way. Nobody go? You start. Sure. All right. I know what I want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we've got... You know, like I said, we have a new location opening up this year. Right. Um, totally different concept than what we have here at the brewery. Still nice. the same company that's a couple miles away here in Stanford. So we'll have more, you know, coming in March and April and kind of leading up to that launch. 
product wise, um, you know, we have a hard seltzer we're testing, like Ooh, nice. Sun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are looking into a couple different non-beer products beyond just hard seltzer that haven't been done before. So we're nice. excited about those. Nice. We have new beer styles we haven't done before. So, you know, we've retired a couple of beers. I think that were staples for a while and kind of scaled back some production to, you know, give us room to grow. So we're doing uh, Bloom, which is a session New England IPA, nice. which will be coming out in April. Um, tentative names on some of these, so I can talk about the styles. We have Pilsner coming out in the summer, um, a double New England IPA coming out in the summer. Uh, we did a small batch of an Oktoberfest lager. We'll be kind of blowing that up. That moved a lot quicker than we had thought last year. Nice. Um, our Supernova series, we have real trouble keeping in stock, which is a great problem to have. <laughs> um, so there's one problem. Feel, feel yeah, so bad for you. Yeah. That, that's a great problem. So when we first launched it, we just did one flavor, and now we're going to be doing like six to seven this year um, so we'll have mango coming out in a couple weeks key lime is actually sold out at our distributors after shipping that last so week good. Uh, which is which is exciting uh, my sales team is not super happy about that <laughs> more. Uh, but we'll have black cherry coming out um, a couple other flavors we talked about have been peach blood orange uh, fruit Ooh. punch which we've tasted here is on tap in the tasting room oh, so man. all those are, are really coming out this That's... year and then um, you know events wise for yeah, me Joe. it's Joe for me I just you know like Listening to music and drinking a, go- a good beer is like, they go hand in hand. So I really, you know, because of my background in music, is like, I really want to bring more music into our experience. Nice. It doesn't mean like hearing a, you know, a guitar player here in the tasting room, you know, but being a out, cover band. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's the other thing. It's like, there are more than enough cover bands, you know, playing bars. God bless them. They, they, they do their thing. Yeah. But there are so many more just amazing, talented musicians yeah. in the tri-state area. Heck, just from from the city to New Haven, the amount of talent that's out there. So it's like, to be able to give them a stage, a platform to play while serving our beer and creating more pop-up experiences. I want, you know, I just want to show up at places with our beer. I want to almost bring it back to like the original days of like when we were just like handing out beer, you know, just try this, try this, try this. I want to pop up at like Indeed's headquarters and like be like, hey, let's do a pop-up happy hour, you know? Yeah, I'll be be there. (laughs) Uh, I'll call out of work and I'll be there. I want to just like, Unannounced, or like, you know, you've got 30 minutes to get down here. Half full is going to be here for the next two hours, you know, pouring $5 beers or whatever. You know, it's like just these crazy little, like, one off pop ups that, again, keep us out of the brewery, keep us, like, yeah. you know, in front of people. And it doesn't have to be, like we said earlier, these elaborate, like, 4,000 person events. It could be 300 people, it could be 30 people. You yeah. Know, so yeah I mean, whoever we, you we touch, you know, 64 people here last Saturday. Yeah. And my God. some of the you know most engaged customers we've yeah. seen in a long time. And it's so time. funny because it's it's low cost to you guys, but right. high impact to everybody else. Yes. Yeah. And that's it's right. awesome. As a witness, I can attest to that. It yeah. got wild. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, honestly, from the Winter Garden to just what you guys have done from social media to your design, um, we've been really excited to kind of sit down with you two and kind of go through and pick your brains as far as like what the beer industry is like, what really running a brewery is like. And so we, we really appreciate that. Um, and we're, we're really excited to see where you guys go in 2020. Yeah, you know, I mean, so are we. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, um, I, I, you know, this will be an exciting year for us. I think, you know, I think craft beer in Connecticut still has a long way to go. You know, yeah. People talk about saturation point and I don't think we're even close to reaching that yet. Yeah, because uh, we have talked about that. We so have, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, there's, you know, here in Stanford, right, there's, thousands of people yeah. who don't know we exist, who don't know right. Rock City exists, who probably don't know Two Roads exists. Probably, right? yeah. And, and other parts of the country, that's kind of unheard of. So Connecticut yeah. is, a, is a younger market, I think, in, in a lot of sense that way. Um, we're launching New York City distribution next month. Wow, wow. Long Island as well. So, Congrats. you know, people who 
live in Stanford and work in the city can now buy our beer in New York City, which is exciting, which is awesome. a big chapter for our distribution. But I still think in 2020, like our focus is home. Yep. You know, this yeah. Homestead series, 100%. just like what we're doing here, the, this new location, all of that. It's like, it isn't about how much bigger we can get distribution wise and how much further out how much deeper we can go. It's like yeah. every, every, it's like our owner once said, and I love this line so much, I want every refrigerator in Stanford to have a six pack of something from Half Full. Yeah. I don't care what beer it is, but every there's 130,000 people who live in Stanford. Wow. You know, every Jeez. home, right? you know, the 75,000 households here, yeah. if they all had one six pack of our beer in it, we'd be all set. We wouldn't have to distribute, you know, beyond our borders. Yeah. You know? So I love that thought is that, you know, it's like homegrown, right? And it's like, yeah. no matter how big we get and how much more we do, we'll never lose sight of like where we are. Yeah, know, and, 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 and start. you see it too with breweries who are have expanded too quickly, and all of a sudden pull out of markets and yeah, yeah. sales team. It's just it's tough to be important in anywhere else when you're not home. That's that's very true. But uh, we won't take any more of your time, Zach or Joe. Sure. This has been really awesome. Thank so you. So fun. We're you know we're really happy to uh, be able to sit down with you guys. I think it's just like three months in the making yeah. plus. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, we're really grateful. We can't wait for the listeners to hear this, even though it's at the end of the interview, but whatever. Um, half full. There Are you guys in all of Connecticut? So we are in every county of Connecticut. Awesome. Uh, we are available all over Rhode Island. Nice. Um, and then Westchester County, New York City, and Long Island. Nice. And Please you can go grab their beer. I'm going to recommend Find them. any beer you can, Fine. Bright, Beacon, whatever. The summer's coming up. The Supernova Series. I'm telling you, it's all great. Find them online. Their social media is Half Full Brewery on, on Instagram, yep. on Facebook. Twitter. On Twitter, too. I almost slipped there, geez. But uh, in all seriousness, like, thank you guys so much for having us. Yes. This has been awesome. Cool. And, uh, yeah. In the immortal words of a famous man, raise hell and praise Dale, everybody. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers.